0: Hello! My name is Kristen, and I am obsessed with all things play-based and child-led learning. Truly obsessed. I am here to help you navigate the messy and the magical on your journey to a play-based program. It is truly magical on the other side, and I want you to feel each day what I feel when I walk into my classroom. I am the homeschool mama to four. I am the founder of a play and nature-based preschool and forest school, and I am here to cheer you on. I'm ready. Are you ready? Let's get going. We are going to do a series of podcasts on society accepted rules that have been kind of misguidedly put into place probably not by like ill-meaning adults but just over time we have come to expect things of children that are not developmentally appropriate and so I wanted to do a series of podcasts about the things that adults expect of children that are not developmentally appropriate in early childhood settings so we'll dig into a lot of them, but today the rule of we must sit to learn is the rule that I want to dissect today. And when I say rule, I, I mean it's it's just a general thing that many adults, maybe not now, maybe some of you are farther along in your developmentally appropriate or play-based journey that um, you see these things and you're like, oh my gosh, that's not developmentally appropriate, but you were more than likely probably there at some point in your career in early childhood education and I was. So I'm going to rewind and give a few examples of what I have seen and what I have done that maybe many of you are doing still and I'm still guilty. Like there are so many times where I just I can't handle all the movement around me as I'm doing a circle time and so um, I'm, I'm there, I feel ya, but I'm going to give you some tips, things that have helped me to settle into this, moving to learn, and hopefully it'll help you. So the first uh, thing is, when I first started out, if you listened to any of my podcasts before, prior to this, you would know that I started off in a more traditional preschool setting where, you know, the teacher kind of dictated everything, and it was a very teacher-directed program. And I had circle time. And my circle times would last, I don't know, probably 20 minutes, maybe sometimes a half an hour. I did the whole gamut, the calendar, all the things. Um, story, movement, we had to do it all in that chunk of time. And played a game, learning game, whatever it may be. And there was a... Um, there, there was a song that we used to do, and now I'm not even going to be able to remember it because I haven't even done it in so long, but it's like some sort of a crisscross applesauce. Like, open them, shut them, open them, shut them. I don't even remember what it is. <laughs> it's probably a good thing, but there are, there was a song or like a little poem or finger play that I did that got children to sit up straight, hands in the lap, mouth closed, crisscross applesauce, and... I I now recognize that that's not developmentally appropriate but it is something that I used to do and I used to spend so much time regulating how the children would sit or not sit or I I thought that they weren't paying attention when they were moving or when they were not looking at me and it was always an eyes on me one two three eyes on me one two three eyes on me and uh, I know now that that's not developmentally appropriate, but I didn't at the time. And I spent so much time trying to regulate those children in those spots, on those carpet squares, on those letters, on their assigned letter, and it was exhausting. And I would leave the day exhausted from trying to get them to stop moving because I thought they weren't learning if they they were moving. I needed them to pay attention to me so that they could learn all the things. I went to a preschool in somewhere down south it was like Alabama or Tennessee, and uh, it was a nature preschool, and I just wanted to see like what it was like compared to our nature preschool, and uh, they had a beautiful property, and they spent a lot of times outdoors, and it was fantastic. However, during circle time, and this was this was after I had already found play-based learning and, and really started digging into what's developmentally appropriate for young children, She's, the teacher spent so much time telling children to stop doing things and telling them to stop moving and telling them to pay attention and telling them to eyes on me and telling them to crisscross applesauce and telling them to close their mouths and all of these things. And she was trying different techniques to get them to sit still um, she wasn't recognizing that their needs were their needs were that they needed to move and her circle time was very structured it was very they did like tally marks for the days or like the straws and the bundles these kids were 4 and like the tens and the ones and the patterning and they were adding like numbers which some children are ready for i understand that but they were adding like two digit numbers Practicing how to do that, practicing how to spell words, sounding out letters, things that most four-year-olds aren't quite ready for. So their brains just weren't there with her. And their brains are moving because that's how children learn, is they learn through movement. They need to discover the whole entire world around them in order to be able to rein their bodies in and have the self-regulation to be able to do some of the tasks that are gonna be expected of them as they get older. So, um, I was exhausted by the time I left that circle time, and I was so thankful that I had found the, a more developmentally appropriate way to engage with children at circle time. My own experience now, as I do have my own play-based program, is that I still find myself falling back to this. Yes, I have, we have circle times And generally, my circle times are so engaging that children want to be there and they want to participate. But there are days where children are just like, meh, I don't feel like it. And as an adult, I I feel like that sometimes too. There are many days where I just want to like go lay down in my bed and not even have to deal with anything. My brain is just not there sometimes. And that is true for children too. They don't always have to be there. So my circle times are very, very uh, movement friendly. Children can lay down if they feel like it as long as they are not rolling around and bumping into all of the other people or sometimes I mean they even need to make noise sometimes and that's okay that can be really challenging if you're trying to read a story and somebody can't hear so in those instances I'll say something like Sally when you're making that noise it's very hard for Tommy to hear next to you he can't listen to the story. So just kind of pointing out that what they're doing is affecting others. There are times, I I know I did a video at one point because I had circle time anarchy. (laughs) And it was just, I don't even know what it was. There was some sort of a book. My own attitude that day was probably just a little on edge. The children were on edge. I I don't even know what I was doing at this circle time, but like nobody... I could tell that they were not interested and so I was like okay well if you don't want to listen it's it's kind of hard for the people who do want to listen to be able to take part in this So if you don't want to listen you can go to the back of the room and do a puzzle well everybody except for like two kids left (laughs) and it was like total anarchy and it was loud back there and they were having fun it was great good for them Me, on the other hand, I I still sometimes have trouble with that. Like, oh, what did I do wrong? Why don't they want to pay attention? So the next day, and this really has nothing to do with (laughs) movement. I mean, it kind of does because my adult expectations were a little bit higher than what was developmentally appropriate that day. But the next day I was like, "Mm, what can I do for circle time that will like... Cause them to really m- miss out on something and I totally wanted to do some sort of like a really yummy candy taste testing the next day and <laughs> spite those that had left my circle time. Um, I did it I did a taste test and most of the kids participated some still wanted to go do the puzzles and that was fine so um, I'm going to give you some some tips of things that you can do to settle into the developmentally appropriate behavior of movement in your more structured circle time type environments. But the, that, one of them is is that you you may have anarchy for a few days and how to navigate that. So I still sometimes at my circle times have the urge to say like sit still or find your carpet square or... I need you to sit up or can you please sit down? I still, there is something in us as adults that thinks for some reason that children have to be looking at you and sitting perfectly still in order to learn and this is so false. It is so incredibly false. We just have to keep reminding ourselves that developmentally appropriate for young children is moving and so you need to plan circle times that allow children to move. Plan your environment your whole day around the fact that children need to move to learn. So if they are doing a lot of sitting you're probably going to have a lot more behavior type issues that you deem as behavior issues because the expectations that are placed on them in your room are not developmentally appropriate and so they are their bodies are saying let me move so we need to let children move the development of a child is totally dependent on the movement of the body we learn best when we use all of our senses all of them to explore and to discover and to learn about the world around us in order to be able to sit at a desk in the later years, because that's what we hear a lot of times, like, well, they're going to have to learn how to sit someday. They're going to have to go to kindergarten, and then they're going to have to sit down. But in order to be able to have them be able to sit at a desk in later years, a child must have control over their body, over their muscles. It's called self-regulation. They must be able to have the chance in their early childhood experiences to move, to run, to jump, to crawl, to balance, to spin, to squirm, to skip all the movements, all the times in all different ways. So that was a lot. (laughs) Um, I have a few more points and then I'm going to get you into some tips. So I've already kind of covered this, but fidgeting and moving does not equal ADD or ADHD. There are so many children who are misdiagnosed because the environment that we have created for them is not developmentally appropriate and we aren't meeting their needs to move. So, like, when I watch a movie, like, if I'm sitting at home on the couch and I watch a movie, I'm up, I'm down, I'm crossing my legs, I'm uncrossing my legs, I'm laying down, I'm sitting up, I'm squishing pillows to fit my head, I'm going to get something to eat. I cannot sit in the same position for a whole entire movie. Not even for a whole entire episode of a TV show. So we can't expect children to not move when we are doing a structured activity with them at a table or at this at circle time. So just because they move does not mean ADHD. It does not. We need to take off our adult lenses and give these children a developmentally appropriate environment. Crisscross applesauce should not even be a thing. It really shouldn't. It's not a normal way to sit. I don't sit crisscross applesauce. There are so many people who do not sit crisscross applesauce at any other point in their life other than early childhood (laughs) Early childhood, when they're sitting on a rug. It's not a normal way to sit at all. You have to be able to cross the midline to be able to do that. And to be able to cross the midline, there's lots of different activities and things that you need to be able to do to be able to cross over the midline. It can be so uncomfortable for so many different kids. So, like, we should outlaw crisscross cross applesauce, please. The next set of things are things that you can try to do. You can try them all or try one My advice is don't try them all in one day. (laughs) Again, whenever you try something new in your program, you're going to need at least, I don't know, a few days to a couple weeks to get the hang of it, to get the routine of it, and to get people, get those little people used to the change. Because they're going to see change and they're going to go crazy. And that's just the way change is. So just make sure that you settle in knowing that it might be a wild ride for a while. If you, change, if you decide to implement any of these things into your more structured group or circle times. So if you have a circle time where... So here's number one. If you have a circle time where children sit in a group together... Offer different ways for them to sit or different things for them to sit on. Let them do, um, let them stand, let them lay down in a certain area, have a certain area of the rug for the layer downers. Awful of wobble seats or cushions. They make these really cool chairs that are like a pedestal and they kind of wobble back and forth, or let them stand in the back. I have had a lot of standers in the past. Again, be prepared for wild. Be prepared for kids to be up, down, all around and plan ahead for that. Maybe plan your circle time to incorporate some of this movement, some of this up, down, do a really fun song. There are many books out there, read alouds, that allow children the chance to move during the story. So maybe for the time being, implement some of those bigger uh, stories or those Bigger movement songs in order to get them up and moving, so that uh, the change doesn't it doesn't affect them for the whole entire circle time, just for a partial piece of the circle time. Uh, number two, let the children if they're if they're fidgety, let them have a fidget of some sort or to doodle. You can again set a certain space aside just for this. Again, everybody's going to want to do it. For a while and you'll get to the point where it'll weed out to the kids who really need it and the ones who don't. Number three is absolutely never take away recess. If your program or your early childhood classroom, your preschool, whatever it may be, whatever environment, do not take away recess ever, 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 ever. Usually the children who get recess taken away are the ones who need it the most. So do not, do not take away recess. They need it. Number four, get outside a lot more. If you don't have an outdoor playtime, like a large chunk in your day, get them outside more. The preschool that I used to work at was more of a traditional preschool again, and they had a small little play area. It was a playground, but there was no other materials out there as far as like trucks and balls and things like that were taken out for special, and Um, we did have in the winter like a big huge snow pile because they could they would take the the snow plows would plow all of the snow into huge mountains and the kids could slide down those in the winter time which is fantastic but in the other times that they had access to like slides running climbing up like commercial type climbers but other things weren't allowed you couldn't pick up the rocks and throw rocks or transport rocks you couldn't pick up sticks and use them and as children, they are their brains are wired to look at things and say, what else can I use this for? That's why loose parts are so important. So if you can get some loose parts out onto your outdoor playtime outdoor area, even if you just have climbers and that's it, loose parts, like let the if sticks aren't if you can't allow them to play with sticks for some reason, find something else because children like stick was voted like the number one toy. And it's, not, it's a stick. And a stick is not just a stick. A stick is so many things to so many different children. It's so many different things to so many different kids. So um, get them outside more. It has proven that uneven surfaces in nature or outside at all, just grass are fantastic for um, the development of proprioception and self-regulation. So get outside. If you are doing a group time, so this is number five. If you get, if you find yourself getting distracted at group time, group time, remind yourself, keep, just keep reminding yourself, and I still have to do this, that you are providing them a developmentally appropriate environment. And if you stifle movement, you are stifling their ability to learn. If you can say that in your brain, if I'm stifling movement, I'm stifling their ability to learn, you will never stifle movement again because you are, Causing some of those kids to not be able to learn when you are telling them to sit still. So remember that and settle into that. Number six, add large movement games into your circle, to your group times, or just into your day in general. Um, finger plays, Simon Says, songs, large movement songs, dancing. They're so important for young children. And it's so fun to do with them. I love doing movement with my, my kiddos. And the last one, number seven, is play. Play. Play is how we all learn. And if you can add, if you don't already have large blocks of free play time, like I'm talking an hour and an hour or more, I mean we have hours a day at our preschool, inside and outside, the children will learn what they're ready to learn all day long. During that consistent time that you are gifting them, so play. Let them have free play. That is my advice for crossing out the rule that children must sit to learn, that people must sit to learn. If you have anything you want to add, um, send me a message on Instagram. I love getting messages from people and I'll look forward to the next society accepted rules that aren't developmentally appropriate for the next podcast. I don't know what it'll be. I come up with them like minutes before I record because then I'm motivated to do it so um if you have any ideas of what you would like to hear as far as I as rules that are expected of young children that are not developmentally appropriate send me a message and we'll see ya hear ya listen to ya next time Hey, I need you to do me a huge, 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 huge favor. If you liked listening and you want to be able to hear more, can you please go onto iTunes and leave me a five-star review? I would so appreciate it. And then connect with me on Instagram. It's learning.wild. We'll see you around.